a way, there is、um, there's so much we could talk about, and it seems to be moving and changing very quickly, just like the environment we are in and situation we are in right now. But I think you put it really clearly last week, Bart, when you you were quite sure of what this episode was going to be about. Yeah. So when we、um, when we spoke last time about radical self care, um. We had very much in mind some of our clients who are, are you know, they're, they're leaders and they,、um, and they, they really look after other, look after other people first before they look after themselves. So, and from that,、uh, we were thinking about those people when we thought, well, we, we should talk about radical self-care because people seem to be navigating towards looking after other people first. And、um, and then a few days after we recorded that podcast episode, I was、uh, listening to a in an interview with Mo Kadat, who wrote the book、um, "Soul for Happy,"、um, commenting on the current crisis. And、uh, and then I somehow somehow halfway that interview, I realized that if we talk about radical self care, we should also talk about the the dependent of that the the It goes directly with it, which is the care for others. So, wouldn't it be great if we talked about, after having talked about radical self-care, that we would then talk about, and so you know, and what about care for others?、Um, so, and then we talked, and we said, okay, let me, let's make that the 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 um, the uh, subject. Of the next episode, so that's where we are. So there's an interesting link here, which is、uh, to be able to care for others. You need to be okay yourself to a certain degree, at least.、Hmm. At least, if you want to make sure it's、uh, sustainable. I mean, in a in a short term, if there's a real crisis that is by hour or by day, of course. Yeah. You, you will look out for others, but so if you were to. Look at the word compassion because that's the word that came up, right?、Mm. So compassion and、uh, and we have empathy and we have sympathy and we have just being kind. Yeah, yeah. So the the reason it came up actually, he he said at one point the most important thing we should do right now is be have compassion、uh, in this in this times in these times of、uh, COVID nineteen. And、um, yeah, so what's what, so talk a little bit about distinctions between all these different words? I think it's, it's pretty a good.、Uh, you're right; it's a good start. So,、um, so empathy is very much feeling what other people are feeling, right? So you actually put yourself in the in the shoes of the other. It's, it goes much further than sympathy. Which is just understanding what somebody else is feeling, and generally it's often said, you know, feeling sorry for what somebody else is feeling. Empathy goes much further. You actually feel what somebody else is feeling. So that there is a risk to that because if you feel a lot of what other people are feeling, then you start to get. Hurt yourself. You feel the suffering of other people. You suffer yourself 
because of other people's suffering. Would you then say that sympathy, you're pretty detached, and empathy, you're very attached? Yeah, emotionally much more attached in empathy than in sympathy. So, so compassion takes this to a higher level of, uh, it's a different paradigm. So compassion, um, it could be sympathy, it could be empathy, but it looks then at the bigger picture. So compassion is not just for one person, but it's for society perhaps or humanity. Um, and what's, I, I guess what's very different in compassion compared to empathy and sympathy is that you want to do something about it. So there is a, an, a, uh, a feeling of wanting to alleviate the suffering of others. Um, so, and these are also Buddhist concepts, right? Suffering and, and compassion are Buddhist concepts. So suffering is inherent in humankind, in humanity. And compassion is to want to support others in relieving that suffering. So, and then the last word, kindness, for me, kindness is about action, about changing your behaviors. So from compassion, from true compassion comes a, come, come, come kindness actions. So doing things for other people. So we could say that uh, the radical self care is a combination of uh, self compassion and kindness, because we talked very much last week about you know, be kind to yourself. What can you do to to uh, look after yourself uh, and some practical examples and actions around that? Yeah, so so exactly. So this is really interesting because compassion you, is often in the, in the loving kindness meditations in Buddhism and, and other uh, uh, traditions. There's compassion for self and compassion for others. And then compassion for others, we can then divide that between people we really like or love, people we have problems with, and everybody, all people. And we can sort of have compassion for all these different range of people, people we like, people we don't like, all people in the whole world, and very much so ourselves. So what we said last time, I think it's important to repeat that. We can only... So what is it? Um, first... Put on your oxygen mask first before helping others. So it's that sort of, we need to be looking after ourselves so that we can look after others. We have to feel compassion for ourselves as well as feel compassion for others. And from that, from that, from that feeling or from that state of compassion automatically will follow acts of kindness. So I think what I've what I've seen here when you look at compassion for others. So if you start with yourself, it's almost like circles. So who, who's the next person you will show compassion to or be compassionate to and how that kind of follows some kind of closeness. So it seems like family comes first, however you define family. And then you have some friends that are closer than others. And, and then you kind of expand your circle. Mm. So I think this is what everybody experienced in the first couple of weeks of, of uh, the COVID-19 situation, that you looked after your, your family first. And, and then you could also be kind in a bigger and compassionate in a bigger environment. What I've seen now is that 
if you have exhausted yourself out there, you needed to come back to yourself again. So it's kind of a movement. It's not you now done and now you can go out and save the world. I don't think it works like that. I think it's like a journey where you go back and forth. So you need to be aware of where you are in this to constantly come back to what we talked about in in radical self-care and then you can go out again. Hmm. So um, it's an interesting dance in a way. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. The, uh, the, what comes up for me is that uh, I'm not sure whether it's true or not, but you know how they sometimes say uh, um, uh, perfection is the enemy of excellence or, Right. So is there something about empathy being the enemy of compassion? So what I mean by that is that if you are constantly feeling other people's pain and suffering, is there a risk of empathy burnout or too much, you know, so just having so much empathy that you lose your compassion because you can't deal with that anymore? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I, what comes to me is, um, I mean, this takes quite a lot of emotional maturity, right? So thinking about how, how used you are to checking in with what you're actually feeling, what are you experiencing? So not trying to perhaps necessarily analyze it from a cognitive perspective, but just checking in with, okay, what's going on in me right now? Why am I feeling low? Why am I feeling high? Why am I sad? Why am I happy? Um, Maybe you don't need the explanation to the why. Maybe you don't need to link it to a fact or a thought. Maybe it just is and you're dealing with it where you are. And this is, I'm not saying this is easy and it might sound quite, um, you know, vague when I say it, but there is something that I'm noticing now that there, there are unexplained emotions going on. This is what I've met in me and in others too, I think. And it's okay. Because maybe we are just picking up on something that is kind of going around, if you like, and we're going through motions of uh, um, realizations, almost like when you're grieving something, and you and I have talked about this too. Now, this is not the focus of compassion, perhaps, but when you go through a griefing process, there's also a cycle, there are also different stages, but then it's usually quite clear what is it that you're grieving? It might be somebody that died. Mm. Now I think there is kind of more generic grief going on. And mm. I don't think it's just one cycle. We're going back and forth here. We're going in, you know, between the stages and the people are at different stages and yeah. it's okay. Yeah. There's something, there's exactly, there's sort of a generic grief, just like there is a generic anxiety at the moment, very much so in humanity. Um, it's not specific, a specific fear for a specific outcome. It's much more the, um, the fact that we can't feel ease with uncertainty, that we don't know when it ends. We don't know what the world will look like. We don't know what our personal future will look like. That gives us a sort of an underlying sense of unspecific sort of anxiety. So I think when it comes to compassion here, for me, it's one thing is to know where am I right now and, and understand kind of and, and respect and allow, allow it to be and where is somebody else so that I can make a difference between me and that 
that other person to be able to be compassionate and mm-hmm. kind to that person without doing it at the cost of my, my, my myself, because yeah. that's not going to help anybody. Mm-hmm. So what that might mean in practice is for me to, um, to know when I can, can be there. So it's about boundaries. So if I know that I'm very, very low, that's probably not the time I start calling people to be there for them. Right. Mm. If I'm more neutral, that's probably when I, when I am doing that. Mm. You see what I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Specifically, compassion with regard to the current situation. What has come up for me over the last few weeks, you know that is, um, and we talked quite a bit about it, uh, is this sort of accepting or realizing, realization for me that everybody reacts differently to this. And, uh, and you know, we, we have talked about the different, the different ways of looking at how people are unique. One is each person's situation is unique. So what is your work situation like? We have talked quite a bit about and two people that are actually busier than ever before who are having all their meetings, looking at a screen. And for them, it would be difficult to divide their personal time and their work time now. So the issues there are very different from somebody that has lost their job or actually very bored at work because it's difficult to find things to do although they might still have a job but you know millions of people have been furloughed over over the last few weeks and so those situations are totally different whether you are single alone at home and you know still in lockdown potentially uh, versus you are thrown in with your family with three young kids in your stuck together uh a very different situation right um people's people's um uh living situations apart from that you know some some people live in bigger places others in very small places so if you share a small space with a whole bunch of people that you normally don't spend so much time with 24 7 now what does that mean right so all those all those situations are so different that we could pretty much say each person's situation is unique and then that's just the external side then the internal side how do people what's their internal makeup what's their personality for introverts like you and I and when we've joked about it this is like fantastic isn't it fun? Yeah, we, we don't have to go outside. We don't have to be on planes. We don't have to hang out with people that we don't want to hang out with. It's great. It's fantastic. I've heard a lot of people say that. For extroverts, let's feel compassion and empathy for extroverts. People that find it really hard to be without other people that get their energy normally from being with other people. And for them, it's not the same, you know, to be together on a Zoom session. You miss the energy of being around other people. So then you, you know, you want to go to a bar, you want to go to a restaurant, you want to go to a after work drinks. You want to, you know, I certainly don't miss that at all being an introvert, but extroverts would. So the whole point here is that 
for me, and I, I, I realized this, that by realizing how important compassion is in this situation, I started to become much more understanding of how people react. So some, so where I would in the past have judged people that are flouting the rules for social distancing or, um, being very, uh, polarizing in their views or nationalistic, you know, I would now come from the point of view of, I don't understand what their situation is. So I'm going to err on the side of compassion, even though I might not agree with their actions. Because to give you an, an example, if people are in the park when they're not supposed to be with friends, you know, young people not keeping the distances, well, maybe their situation is totally different from mine. Maybe they need, you know, maybe their, their home situation is actually challenging or even threatening to them. I can imagine they want to be out all the time. So compassion more than at any point I remember has become crucial for us. So if I move this to a slightly different perspective, but it's still on the theme of compassion, I think. Um, So recognizing that it's just one thing. It's not just one thing. Any situation is, it's not that digital either or it's both. So it's having perspectives, uh, being able to recognize that the situation is both and it's happening at the same time. So there's a bit of a paradox there. So I was watching a, a clip with a famous conductor, a uh, high performing famous conductor, fantastic energy, very kind of, um, extroverted in his expressions and he was talking about satisfaction and dissatisfaction so coming out from a performance uh, a concert the fact that you can enjoy what went well at the same time as you can see what can be done better Hmm. so all the time this happens at the same time you're satisfied and dissatisfied at the same time so to kind of be able to recognize this and move between the two, because this is an emotional work again. Can you feel the emotion, emotional satisfaction? And can you then move to the emotion of dissatisfaction? And can you accept that they are happening at the same time, but you move quickly back and forth? Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to say, yeah, yeah, this was very good, but we all know that one, right? So you leave a quite good performance with a but, what can be done better? And I see this, in, and you see this too, in high performance, uh, when they've done something, a great deal or a good meeting or whatever it might be, they leave that with what can be improved. Mm. Uh, and But they can also say, yeah, this went well, three things that went well and then one thing that didn't go well. And the emotion will stay with what didn't go well, I think, for very many people. Mm. So the practice here, I think, when you show compassion is to, yeah, I can have, I can, I can show, I can feel compassion for somebody or, um, and, and I can still move back and forth between where I am myself mm. so to be able, again, I'm, I'm back to this with boundaries and recognizing where are you with this yourself, but maybe we should just be a little bit more also pragmatic. What, so what does it mean for you to other than kind of internally recognize that people are in a different place from you and, and kind of, um, feel compassion for that. 
what, what are some practical acts of kindness, I suppose? Yeah, so uh, for me, a nice framework is to think of the three T's, T-T-T, time, talent, and treasure. So in terms of acts of kindness, uh, I use that framework. So what can I do to give my time, to give my talent, or to give my treasure? And um, and part of that is, uh, part of talent is, for example, sharing um, so it's something that I'm good at and I use that for the benefit of others. Um, part of that is also connecting people that could benefit from knowing each other. Um, I, 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 I spend a lot less money at the moment, um, because there are no restaurants and I tend to spend quite a lot of money on restaurants. So I, I find ways to spend that money in other ways. And that's basically sharing my treasure, the tea, the other tea. So, so I, um, I look at, I probably once or twice a week, I find a, um, a, some kind of course and I give some money to that. Um, I, I, I think for the first time I've really looked very closely into my own community locally here which is unusual in london i mean this community that i live nobody really looks after each other because everybody's got their own lives and typical um, mecca city uh, mentality so neighborhood and so on that doesn't really mean very much where i live so i started to connect with people that i live close to and signed up for a whatsapp group uh, where if somebody needs something that can't go outside because they're old or because they can't move or whatever. So you can deliver medicines to their, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's those little things that, um, so these are the acts of compassion or kindness, right? So when compassion becomes ac acts or behavior, then I would call it kindness. So, um, so I, I really, and I, I just want to make, sh make sure that it's clear that I don't do this just for other people. I also do this for myself because acts of kindness makes me feel very good. And it's one of the main pillars of positive psychology. Doing good for others, doing things for others makes us feel good. So it makes me feel happy to help others. And that's why I do it too. So an interesting um, part here of why we do things and why there might be some resistance to doing things. Um, I mean, the, the research is pretty clear on when you connect with somebody else, somebody that you don't know, um, just chatting to a barista or a taxi driver or a waiter, um, that has a very positive impact. It mm -hmm. will increase your level of happiness. As an introvert, I feel resistance and I think some people might feel resistance even if you're an extrovert because perhaps this is your break. You're going for a coffee to just breathe a little bit. So the last thing is that's on your mind is to, to chat to, you know, the barista or the person next to you. But if you challenge yourself a little bit, uh, and, uh, work through that resistance and, and you do chat a bit, that will increase your happiness level. But also, of course, it will spread 
the ripple effect it w- w- will have is also very positive. So I think that's, um, that's such a small thing to me that has a big impact because I know my resistance. I know my personality there that I would normally not do that. So this is where I'm kind of, uh, challenging myself a bit. And yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I recognize it from, um, my own experience that when I do this, and which is not very often, so I'm generally on the plane. I'm the guy sitting with the big, right, with big headphones and uh, noise cancelling headphones, and um, and looking down at whatever I'm doing, and and not looking up and not connecting. And then once in a while I do it, and it makes me feel really good. Mm. Yeah. Although it's not my personality to connect with strangers, it's actually makes me feel good it's really interesting and i think if i mean in terms of if you bring it back to compassion i think if we all would do this a bit more yeah it would be better and especially now now that it's more difficult i think to do this because there are no flights you know people are not connecting as much with strangers as you there's no there's much less opportunity to connect with strangers at the moment in most places right because the baristas are not working. Um, well, here, here we have a difference. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. In Sweden, they are, but you know, whoever it might be, it might be somebody else that you. Yeah, yeah, so, but but the physical meeting. I'm also thinking. Uh, I I promote now, and I do it myself too, which is also pretty, you know, different from what I would do before all of this. Is call call people. Call people when you don't have anything to say, just to check in and ask, how are you? And don't wait for the first answer, but ask again. So how are you really? So you get into the opening up of, you know, it's okay to really express how you're feeling, even though you are very lucky that you're healthy, you're, you know, you're doing well at work, your family's fine, but you're still feeling whatever you're feeling and recognize that it's okay. So, so that's another way of, of perhaps uh, connecting and uh, chatting in a way that I think many people have stopped because we kind of use the telephone for, for very specific reasons. Mm. Uh, and we're texting and we're, um, we're connecting in other ways, but not necessarily by picking up the phone to just check with someone. That's my uh, experience. Mm. Good. I think, um, Time's probably up. I haven't actually checked the time, but that's your job. Yeah, I know. I forgot. <laughs> so before we close, how uh, have you already? It's very early morning. I can mention that. Um, but have you already been compassionate today? Have you had a chance to? Are you aware of it? I suppose. I'm very aware of it, and no, I haven't been. No, because it's early. Yeah. No, I, I've been aware of actually sometimes waking up in the morning with the explicit thought, what am I going to do to help people? Mm. And, I mean, I'm generally quite focused on others anyway, um, while not forgetting myself, I should say. I'm pretty, pretty good at self-care, as you know. Mm. I'm very radical on my self-care too. Um, but it's been extraordinary how I, I, I just really seek out opportunities to, um, to do good for others. Mm. Um, so I haven't really, uh, to answer your question, I haven't really 
thought about it today, this morning, or I haven't actually acted on it this morning. Let's put it that way. So if you allow uh, me to share an example of an act of kindness that I noticed, I wit- witnessed that you did a couple of days ago, but I actually didn't notice it until yesterday. It was an email that you wrote. Are you okay for me sharing that? Mm. I think you know which one I mean. So we work with American Institute for some of the work that we do. And um, I think they were trying to sell you something, something else or opening up another service or something. And the way that you replied to that institute explaining how much good their services did to our clients by actually giving examples of what our clients, <clears throat> excuse me, what our clients do and the ripple effect um, that the work that they are part of supporting, but they don't see it because we are the client facing consultants and they are behind with the tools. The way that you express that to them and then the reply from them back is show that that was so important that made a huge difference for them to see what is the impact of the work that they do in countries that is so far away, clients that they will perhaps never, probably never meet. Um, there's still such a big impact to, to share some of that. I thought that was a fantastic hmm. uh, way of being compassionate. So I just wanted to share that and also recognize that I, I admire that. I think that's amazing because that's very much you. Thank you. Yeah. So that was an act of kindness from a position of compassion. And I really believe that the last six weeks I've truly learned what compassion is about. I thought I knew what it was and now I really, really know what it is. So I, I'm very grateful for this opportunity that life has thrown us to, to really learn about compassion and how it, how it works and, and what, and, you know, how, um, how, how opportunities for kindness are everywhere. It's all about seeing them, being aware of them and then, and then taking some small steps to, to give to others. And it really, it really, it sounds a bit cheesy, but if we all would do that a little bit more, the world would be a better place. <laughs> I'm sure about that, really. 